Hi everybody and welcome to a special Women's Day, International Women's Day edition of the Two Girls One Book podcast. Full disclosure, we did it accidentally, but we thought we've got, <laughs> we've got such a nice selection of uh, kind of feminist books to bring you, um, kind of girl power vibes. So we thought we would do a, a special Women's Day episode. It's not just that yeah. we're rubbish at scheduling things. <laughs> no, it's a happy accident. I, I don't know. I guess it just says a lot about the kind of books that we're reading, especially at the moment, doesn't it? So yeah. That we inadvertently ended up with, yeah, a pretty, a pretty girl power heavy episode, yeah, um, with lots of amazing female protagonists, and all written by women as well, right? <laughs> so. Well, my first one is a man, but he's oh, you got one by fabulous enough to count as oh yeah, so you do girl power. <laughs> okay, fair, what are fair you enough. gonna kick us off with? Um, well, I'm going to start off with a bit of a fantasy February portion. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much I'll be able to say about this because I feel like if if you've read like these series series <laughs> series of books, um, then you know you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's really hard to it's really hard to talk about a fantasy world in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. the first one that I'm going to talk about is um, the the next book that I've read by Sarah J. Maas because I finished reading um, the Akatar series and I really enjoyed it. Um, and the last book of that sil- uh, series, A Court of Silver Flames, made it into my top five, I think, of last year. Um, yeah. It was one of those books that I, I picked because I... I liked that it was it was different from all my other choices. Um, and when I said, like, what should I read next by her, everybody said the Crescent City series. So that's what I did. Um, I went out and bought House of Earth and Blood, um, which is a large book. Um, <laughs> it's got 800 pages. Yeah, it's an 800-pager. So it's, it's a pretty, like, chunky read. Um... And I started reading this uh, around about the same time that we were reading our last buddy read, mm-hmm. um, and I had to I had to put it down because I couldn't concentrate on <laughs> couldn't concentrate on the buddy read um, because I wanted to be reading this. <laughs> so and that's and that's no shade on Maggie O'Farrell because I really really loved the Marriage Portrait. I, I thought that was a great book, but this was what I wanted to be like in the world of right um so safe to say i really loved it (laughs) um i when i picked it back up after finishing um the buddy read i read most of these 800 pages in in two days which i think is a pretty whoa good sign yeah or just a sign of the lack of work that i've been doing (laughs) um both of those things um but yeah this is what's billed as um her adult fantasy uh novel like both of these actually they're um i mean i i don't really think that uh a couple of the books that were in the akatar series should have been billed as anything less than adult especially the last one (laughs) but this one this one is is definitely meant to be an adult book um but that's not to say that it's it's not all source actually this one had a lot more kind of action and politics and yes it did have sexual tension but it wasn't like spice city right um but yeah it it had much less in the way of annoyances that I'd had in Akatar um, as well. Like there weren't, you know, the, the little language things that bugged me, none of that right. was, was a thing in this. Okay. So I was just really immersed in the story. Um, but basically, I'll, I'll give you a, a rough uh, idea of, of what it's about. It's um, the protagonist is Bryce Quinlan, um, who 
I loved right from the start. She is feisty and fiery and is always dressed up in heels, which is which isn't me, but um, she's always dressed up in heels and ridiculous little outfits, but goes about like attacking her day basically. Right. Um and yeah, she doesn't she doesn't need any she doesn't need anyone's help. Um although she is assigned help. Um so she uh, basically used to be a, a real party girl and then her uh, best friend was murdered. Um and after that point her life kind of changes. Uh and two years later the the supposed killer of her her best friend is is behind bars, but murders start happening again. Um, and she is uh, recruited in order to um, investigate these murders and the past murder of her best friend, um, and uh, by by like the city leaders. Um, and she gets assigned a, a fallen angel hunt, which is her potential love interest, shall okay. we say. Um, and yeah, but between them, they go about finding out what on earth is going on. Um, and it's great. I loved, uh, I loved all of the characters, actually. Um, I, th- I thought she was, she was brilliant. Hunt was um, really likeable as well. Um, but yeah, I think I desperately want to know what's going to happen next. So I went and bought the hardback of the next book, which is just an absolute massive chunk <laughs> of a book. So, um, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to get around to that. I'm hoping that I will read it this month because I kind of want to do it while I'm on a roll. Because the thing I dislike about series is that I forget my awful memory I forget what's going on. So I want to yeah. kind of like smash it out while I'm, while I know what's happening. Yeah. You almost need, um, you know, like when you get a new series of a TV show, if you get like a little previously in on yeah, like the first well, exactly. few pages. <laughs> yes. Yes. I either need that or I can completely binge it and just not forget anything. That's yeah. Yeah. I can't be taken out of that world for too long before it goes out of my little brain. <laughs> so 800 pages don't stick in my brain too well um but yeah i really enjoyed it so i'm i'm on the hype train well and truly and i okay. will be continuing but yeah that I, sounds like it'll be a good audiobook like a good heft of a few hours of an audiobook so i yeah, might that's check true. that one out that's true yeah it, yeah i've got i've got no idea yeah, I've I've not read a fantasy book via audio. I don't know whether that would help me immerse more or I don't know, take me out of my own head. I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to try it one day. Did you you listen to some of Akatar, right? When yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, and it did one. it did help, I think, because especially when there's like different names for things and the different mm. pronunciations it helps oh, with yeah. that so yeah i, I did think... have to youtube some of the pronunciations <laughs> for some of the names um and the rest of it i've just made up in my own mind so <laughs> who knows um but to be fair i was i was on book talk like a young person um <laughs> and I, I i was looking at some people's videos of like the pronunciations of names and there were quite a few people who were like I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know how you say this, so. Um, but yes, so that was my first fantasy read. So, yeah, I'm I'm a fantasy reader now, I think. The next one you might enjoy, I don't know, um, but it's, it's more paranormal vibes, which I didn't okay. really know, picking it up. Um, and I do think that you're you're more of a paranormal kind of person than me, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I didn't really realise when I picked this up. That's what it was. This was a um, so I'm talking about Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, which again is the foray into adult um, fantasy uh, by this author. There's loads mm-hmm. of young adult um, millions of series that she's written. 
So this is this is the adult series. Um, and so again, another series that I'm having to get into. So maybe I'm becoming a series. <laughs> maybe this is going to be good for my memory. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I didn't know when I picked this up that it was quite so paranormal vibes. Um, this was... I, I got it in Waterstones as the... I had a few books that were buy one, get one half price. And this was like the last one that I picked up. Yeah. I was like, loads of people are reading it. I don't want to miss out. So I... But I didn't really know whether it was going to be my thing. Um, but I really, really loved it. Um, I would maybe put this higher than the um, House of Earth and Blood. Okay. As to my enjoyment level. Um, it's set... Um, it's set in Yale um, and I, I do love a good campus setting yeah. um, and there's a little map at the beginning of it of the of the campus I know I have been to Yale so there's there's part of me that I, like, I can sort of remember certain bits um, obviously there's a, a good dose of um, the, the make-believe <laughs> in this as well um, but but rooted in fact which was kind of cool like I think it helped me just instantly be in that in that world um yeah and and then like the rest of the world building around it was was really well done and really understandable so I think maybe that was why I just got this one straight away um but yeah basically uh the the protagonist is Galaxy Alex Stern um, and she is a, a sort of a, a bum who somehow ends <laughs> up being recruited. Um, like she was in all sorts of trouble with drugs and just a, a, a bad. She had she had a bit of a bad time basically. But somehow she ends up at Yale, um, and she was um, hoping that this would be her fresh start. Um, but things start to happen and it's not all roses basically um mm. yeah there's a uh, so th- again there's like a, there's a a murder that she ends up having to sort there's quite a lot of similarities between these two it's a murder that she's kind of recruited to or appoints herself um to solve and there's lots of weird sinister things going on in the various different societies um and yeah it's kind of her job to figure out who's doing what and yeah it's really it's it was really cool i really enjoyed it i think it's because i went into it with like zero expectations and thinking i i didn't i I wasn't going to like it as much as i did so yeah therefore i liked it even more Um, yeah yeah it's lots of lots of like magic and paranormal and yeah i'd be interested to see what you think of this one because i did really enjoy it i think it's on my amazon wish list is it okay because is it lee bardugo's new book with like the kind of creepy white rabbit on the front of it um yeah hellbent is the new one so that came out a couple of uh yeah it's a creepy right ra- yeah yes it is yes I've, so it's, it's from the same on. series yeah that's right. the second okay, one so, so yeah i need i need that one now because that so, one looked interesting okay. and i thought i can't jump yeah. in on that one i'll have to start mm-hmm. at the beginning so i think i put this on my wish list so yeah you would maybe you i'll would definitely get to that have to read the first definitely read the first one um because the so the the end of it is like such a amazing cliffhanger um so yeah i kind of really want to like the the last sentence which doesn't spoil anything says who's ready to go to hell Ooh, (laughs) me yeah exactly (laughs) so now i need to go and buy that one as well which is great i'm just adding and i should not start reading series because if i like it that's and you're screwed yeah yeah <laughs> so there you go those were my my two fantasy february 
reads, even though Ninth House got read in March, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell anyone. <laughs> okay, well, I will rattle through my next one because it's the only man, so we'll get him out of the way and then we can focus on the, the badass women. Um, this is kind of fantasy adjacent and it's a classic, so most people will be familiar with the story of The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. I read this when I was a teenager and haven't picked it up since, so it was quite fun to reread this with like grown up eyes. Mm. Um, so, to go over the kind of basic premise of it, Dorian Gray is this young, beautiful man who has his, paint, his portrait painted, um, and w- within a conversation with um, friends, he realizes that kind of beauty is is finite, it won't last, and he kind of gets worried that his beauty is going to fade. So he inadvertently makes a wish and sells his soul um, so that he can be beautiful forever. So it's only a little dinky book, two hundred less than 250 pages. Um, so it's quite a lot packed into it. It's kind of classic gothic horror almost. He spends his life doing, I was going to say, less than perfect things, pretty bad things. Commits murder, breaks hearts, lies. Oh. Um, And all of the bad things that he does, for for each one his portrait ages, but he stays young and beautiful. Um, So it's this kind of, looking at it now with like adult eyes, older adult eyes, (laughs) when, (laughs) I think when you first read it, if you're a teenager and you read it at school, you're like, oh yeah, well, you're like with fresh with a flush of youth and you think that your beauty will last forever (laughs) now when I'm like mid 30s and going oh yeah maybe it's what in what's inside that counts (laughs) I got a totally different read of it when I read it now um so again I mean it's no spoilers because it's like 130 years old he eventually realizes that kind of the, the there is no way to to keep this beauty and that the only way to to stop this is to face what he's done um so he destroys the portrait and in doing so actually destroys himself so it's a uh witty fast-paced look at um the kind of culture of image and obsession with beauty which to say it was written in like the 1890s actually really comes across as quite like a fresh modern idea like the way he writes is really although the language is quite historic the the yeah. feeling of the story feels like it could be a modern a modern book it's yeah it is quick it's funny it's dry sense of humor at times it's a really really interesting little read um and one which i definitely read differently at the age of 34 yeah <laughs> i i i want to reread some someone asked us on our um Instagram the other day uh, have we read To Kill a Mockingbird before I'm not sure why um, but I I was like yeah I have uh, quite a while ago mm-hmm. I'd love to reread some of the things that I did like some of the classics that I read I didn't read loads yeah. of classics but some of them that I read when I was younger and see what I think of them now I mean To Kill a Mockingbird is stone cold stone cold classic so I'm pretty yes. sure I would still absolutely love it but I think I'd probably take more from it yeah. this time so yeah I yeah. might add to my list some of the some of the few classics that I did enjoy when I was younger yeah it is interesting especially if it's something that you studied at school because obviously yeah. if you study it at school the teachers to a certain extent lead you down the analysis yeah. that you need to get the points in your exam mm-hmm. so to just read it almost for enjoyment and to just go what do I want to take from this book um was yeah. really an interesting interesting experience for me nice and I think if you'd have asked me when I read it when I was like 13, 14, oh, would you sell your soul to stay pretty forever? I'd have been like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. And now when you're just like, actually, so much more important and I kind of don't care anymore. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to see the characters from the, with those different perspectives. So, yeah. Yeah, that was my nice. little... That was the, the one man, out the way, done. Okay. Back to back to the ladies now. Um, so this one, I won't talk about this next one much because this is one that you discussed a 
couple of episodes back. Yeah. Because um, we were gifted Shrines of Gaiety by Kate Atkinson a little while ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't get around to reading it. Uh, it was around about the time that I went on my honeymoon and then yes. uh, went on tour. So my reading went way down. Um, but I always intended to get to it. And I actually chose to um, listen to it. Uh, so I downloaded the audio book. Um, and I'm not sure whether that was the best way for me to consume it. It's basically about... Uh, um, Lady Nellie Coker runs a empire of nightclubs, isn't it? In yeah. London, nineteen twenties London. That's that's it, and uh, we follow quite a few different characters in her story, like in in her um, peripherals. And I think I mm-hmm. found it a bit hard to follow <laughs> on audio. Right. Um, so I'd be I'd be interested to read it as a real book because <laughs> uh-huh. um, I think I would have I think I would have maybe taken different things from it. That's not to say I didn't enjoy it at all. I really did enjoy the um, narration of it. It was brilliantly done, um, mm. and I I I think I got the the wittiness of the writing. It was. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a really fun listen. I think it was just because there are so many points of view that we're flitting between. Yeah. Like, the, sh- the chapters are short, um, but it's not necessarily very clear, like, when or who we're yeah. with from a listening perspective. Yeah. I'm um, just looking to see whether in the book, is they No, they're not really... It doesn't tell you at the beginning of the chapters who it's from. No. Either. No. No, no, so I, I don't know whether it was just, I, I don't know, I wasn't concentrating hard enough or, or whatever. <laughs> like, because generally when I'm listening to my audiobooks, I'm driving. So, yeah. I, yes, I, I am somewhat immersed in, in my audiobook, but I am also concentrating on not dying or not <laughs> killing anyone else. Those yes. are the main things that we do when we drive. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe maybe it wasn't the best way for me to consume that book. But I really loved Kate yeah. Atkinson's writing. I don't think it was I don't think it was her fault. I think I liked the fact that there were a huge cast of characters and um I I really liked the scene setting. I I the the era was a interesting one to explore. So all the stuff yeah. that you'd said I did really enjoy. I think yeah. it was just that that element I was a bit like, oh, maybe yeah. maybe this isn't the way that I sh- I should have read it. Yeah. Um but I do, uh, yeah, I really want to read more more Kay Atkinson. I liked her style a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a whole bunch of characters in that. I can remember there being, mm. like, she had enough kids that, like, there was, like, four yes. or five kids. And then there's the detective and then the yeah. the librarian and then the kid. Yeah. There was, like, so many people. And she, Nellie was, like, the kind of sun in the middle of the solar system. But there's all of these yeah. planets going round and you're constantly jumping in yeah. and out of each storyline and... And they all cross over at certain. They all cross over at certain points, but like the timeline wasn't necessarily chronological either. So it was. It was a little bit. uh, Yeah, it was a little bit of a headache. Yeah, to try and make sense of. I think I did. Like I did follow what what was going on for the most part, but I think it took more concentration than perhaps I I had in me at that particular time. Right. (laughs) But yeah, fair enough. So there you go. Okay. Um, my next one is another kind of multiple points of view, um, written by a woman and is all about girl power, despite the fact that who you might consider to be the protagonist is actually a man. And this is Notes on an Execution by Danya Kukafka, which um, I picked up, I think, similar to you with your ninth house. Mm-hmm. It was a one of to make up an even number in Waterstones. Um, but it had been on my radar. Um, I quite like the um, thought-provoking title. It's kind of grabbing and yeah. made me really want to know a bit more. So it tells the story of a serial killer, Ansel Packer, who is on death row, but it's told very much through the eyes of three women 
who he has come into contact with throughout the course of his life. Um, so whilst he is kind of the main character, definitely the voices that, that are overwhelming in this are the voices of the women. Um, and it's one of these books, which I feel like we've read quite a lot of, where it begins, we know the ending. So it begins on page one with a countdown to his execution. So we know he is in a few hours going to be executed. And then the story kind of builds um, from there so that we learn the potential reasons as to why he became who he became. Um, the the first woman who would kind of um, shape his life is his mother Lavender. So we hear from her back in the 70s when he was born. Um, she was a young parent um, in an abusive relationship. So there's a little bit of nastiness there as well. I mean, there's a lot of nastiness in the book because it's about a serial killer. So trigger warnings sure. for that. Um, but we see how the decisions that she made, um, the kind of question of nature versus nurture, how did they shape him into becoming this serial killer there is a detective called Safi who we learn has she actually grew up with him in a foster home so there's the again kind of building on that idea of like the um, systemic failings and the and the people who could have stepped in with the mental health issues that he had um and then his the sister of his wife who um is introduced to him with the kind of rose-tinted spectacles of his sister when she meets him and then kind of slowly starts to make her own mind up about him. Um, so their stories, to kind of build up this, like, 20-year period, are interspersed with his musings, I guess, as he is facing his impending death. Um, okay. It's so interesting, the way that she writes, because that you know from the beginning that this is a, a bad man and you are not supposed to like him but because of the way that she takes you right back to his kind of origin you you don't grow to like him but there is a definite like humanization of him as a character which which builds almost not a sympathy but an understanding of him which I did not think was going to happen on page mm. one I was like right well I'm into this we're gonna hate this guy and this is like we're going to be cheering on at the end. Um, and I think it can't be um, accidental, the the thoughts that it made me have about the death penalty, which in the UK we're lucky enough to not have the death penalty, but the, the idea that, that it is not something which is, I don't know, it doesn't actually fix any of the problems that this, yeah. that this man has had. Um, and no matter what kind of last minute, thoughts he might have are are you better if you're the person that takes his life at the end of it than him um the, all of those like really big questions that I didn't expect mm. to get from it um okay. but yeah it was really really well done and I think because of the kind of countdown nature of like we are literally counting it down at the beginning his chapters begin like 12 hours 11 hours and so it like builds this tension at the same time that you're building like your feelings about him and it all just like I felt panic and like real uncomfortability towards the end of it that I just weird to say that I enjoyed but I I didn't expect that I was gonna get those really strong feelings I didn't mm. like him by the end okay. um but I don't think that's the point I think the point is no. is that um you're supposed to maybe realize that everybody's impact that they have upon his upon him and likewise his impact upon them is all important yeah. in in the ending of the story um okay. it's really really brilliantly done um yeah it sounds like a really cleverly paced book yeah it's really really good um and not it's not super gory like there is obviously there's okay. talk of um his yeah. crimes but nothing particularly gory so it's it's more like a psychological thought provoking okay read than a gory serial killer book nice yeah that yeah. one that one has definitely um piqued my interest when i've seen it so I, that might be one that yeah. i do eventually add to my ever-growing pile <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um fab all right 
Uh, well, my next one is another one in a series. What has gotten into me? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not normally this series-oriented. Like, it's, it's strange. But anyway, so this one is the final book in um, the A Good Girl's Guide to Murder trilogy. I think there's like a little a, a mini book, that, like a novella that's meant to go with it, but I've only seen pants reviews, so I'm not going to read that. Um, right. But yeah, this is the, the third one in the series. Um, young adult kind of murder detective-y type true crime-y vibes. Um, okay. And I'll be honest, this was one of those occasions where I was like, I cannot remember for the life of me what the actual... Like, the second book, I couldn't remember what happened at all. <laughs> I can remember what happened in the first book, which is actually far more pertinent to what goes on in the this last book. So I was glad that I had had some recollections of what went on. And there is, there is an element of what you were saying before about... Um, last time on so and so <laughs> yeah. show there were there was a, a little bit of recapping but it was a bit um sort of dotted around so like i had to piece it back together again in my own mind but once I, once i got over that um this it takes a turn i'm going like i i really enjoyed a good girl's guide to murder the second one i know she starts a podcast and she is um she basically sort is one of those like true crime solver people um yeah. and this one she finds something else to investigate which is her own stalker okay um and which i thought sounded like a really interesting premise and then um i can't really say too much about this but the stalker is revealed quite early on in the book Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of the book is it's it's like a complete 180 and I, I don't know whether I liked it she seemed to end up being a different I don't know I don't want to like I don't want to give anything away but yeah it, like, it made me it made me question a lot of things that had gone before it and I don't Okay. I don't know whether I liked like the decisions that she made then. Right. Going forwards, it was still a really compelling read, and like I flew through it. It was really easy to read, um, but yeah, it kind of felt a bit like, what? Where has that come from? Like right. it doesn't. It didn't seem like if you've read it, you'll know what I mean. Uh, but it was yeah. It all. It all went a bit pear shaped for me in that like latter half of the book. Um, not not in like the writing or anything. It was just like the one character plot point that I couldn't really get my head around. Right. Um, I'm glad I finished it, but also a bit like oh, that's annoying. <laughs> I wonder if it's like that somebody has a really great idea for a book. And they get picked up and they're like, yeah, make it a series, three books, brilliant. Yeah, we sign all the papers and then you get to writing the third book and you're like, oh, uh, How I haven't thought this? about where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Um, I mean, it's, there's loads of good reviews out there for it. Lots of people seem to like it, but I had a bit of a problem with it. And I, I read, I've read a few reviews that felt the same way. Right. So... Okay. Yeah, as good as dead is is not the one in in my opinion. I don't know if I even said that that's that was the title of the book. It's called As Good as Dead <laughs> by Holly Jackson. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the third one in the A Good Girl's Guide to Murder series. Right. But the okay. first one I really enjoyed. The second one I did enjoy. This one I half enjoyed, but found to right. be a weirdly a bit problematic. Well. I feel like we're just going to be into the, the kind of negativity corner at the minute because our <laughs> next one that we yeah. are both going to talk about, um, we were gifted by, who did we decide it was? Wildfire, Headline. which is an imprint of Headline Books. Mm. Um, and it is The Book of Eve by Meg Clothier, um, which 
I had really, really high hopes. Like when this yeah. came out of my, I took took it out of its little packaging when I got home, and the first line on the back of the um, the blurb is, "Beatrice is the convent's librarian," and I was like, "Yes, this was made for me. I work yep. in a convent, and we've got an antique library. This is amazing." So I was dead excited, um, and it fell a little. I was going to say flat. It fell a little confused for me. Yeah, same. The, so the uh, the kind of idea of it is um, in an indeterminate time, which I think we both struggled with. There's no like idea of time of where you are when you are at this in this book. Yeah. Um, but the setting is a convent. Beatrice is the librarian at the convent, and one night these two women appear on the doorstep of the convent, um, injured, and hand this book to Beatrice, um, and she realizes that there's something a bit special about this book and kind of keeps it secret tries to understand it a little bit more and the men religious men of the local town find out about it find out where it is and come and try and take it back all of that yeah sounds great so i'm not really sure what it was that did miss the mark for me but i've made notes (laughs) okay so firstly I thought it was very slow to get into the point of the book. Yeah. This was one of the things that I... One of the main things that I had an issue with um, because I was was so close to not finishing this book. I was so close to giving up. I I was like 100 pages in. 100 pages is pretty decent. Like, what is this? It's like 200 and... It's 300 odd pages. Yeah. Yeah. Just over 300 pages. 350. Um, and I was 100 pages in and nothing had happened. Literally nothing. Yeah. I was like, right, okay. When's it going to get interesting? Because um, like, the, the only interesting things that had happened had already been like explained on the back of the book. I was like, well, do, do yeah. something with that. Yeah. Um, and I put a little poll out on, on our Instagram being like, should I carry on and give an honest review or shall I just jack it in? Um, to be honest, most people said jack it in, but there were enough people <laughs> that said carry on um, that that I did. And still, over halfway through the book, I was like, nothing, nothing has happened. And then the the action all happens in the second half and felt very quick and jumbled and almost glossed over and yep. and and then it was over then it was over and then yes. I was just like oh well like it kind of picked up a bit but yeah no exactly the same that's what I'd written down the idea of like that just I mean and again I don't know whether it's purposeful it may well have been purposeful but that first 200 pages I was like bored and I felt yeah almost like I felt confined like I was in a, the convent and I was like <laughs> trapped and I, my day is just the same repeated and repeated yeah. and then all of the drama happens and it's all over in like I mean it felt like it was over in a in a night bang bang yeah. bang drama's done and then it's the end yeah. um so I felt loads of I felt tension like at the end of it I was like oh my god all of this is happening and I don't really know what to think of it but then equally, I actually didn't care. Yeah, Because <laughs> I, I didn't, didn't care about any of the characters. Yeah. There's a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, and they were all quite similar, it seemed. Um, I didn't didn't love it. And I didn't know whether it wanted... It, it felt like, is it fantasy? Is this yeah, historical well, fiction? Yeah. Didn't feel like it knew what it was. Um one of the things which I've written down is that I afterwards when I was trying to figure out what was this book all about I found out afterwards that it's actually inspired by a real manuscript which is called I've written it down the Voynich manuscript yeah so it's an undeciphered manuscript carbon dated to the early 15th century so I'm guessing that's where we are but we didn't get told that that's where we are no um and I feel like if I'd maybe known a little bit about that, I would have had an idea of what it was about, what was the importance of this book, because I just didn't get it for a long time. Um, yeah. I was yeah, sad. I just, 
I didn't care about any of the characters. Beatrice was like, she was likeable, but equally, like, she was kind of boring. Yeah, she was pretty beige. Yeah, so it really fell flat. Yeah. Frustratingly, because, like, there is a lot to be said about the kind of, particularly in those days, like, the misogyny that runs through the church and the kind of patriarchal society, the the kind of the idea of these strong women wanting to educate themselves and that being shut down. Yeah. Really interesting, could have been amazing, but you she wasted 200 pages making me feel trapped in a convent. And I feel that yeah. every day at work. So <laughs> I don't need it at home. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I love my job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's, again, there's quite a few positive reviews floating around for it, so don't necessarily take our word um, as, as gospel. Um, but, yeah, it, it was a shame it didn't didn't quite do it for us personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think comparing it to the my last book that I'm going to talk about in sure. a minute, I think that maybe kind of swayed the scales in the opposite direction i think if you've read something really great along the same lines you you see the faults in the other so so i think my mine is similar my um penultimate book uh so this one is the mercies uh, by kieran millwood hargrave um who's written lots of children's books but this was her first adult book so that's a bit of a Mm -hmm. theme for me today apparently uh authors doing their first little foray into adult fiction um i've seen quite a lot of good reviews on this but again i think i mainly picked this one up because it was pretty it was it was one of those um and and it was historical fiction and yeah i just thought i'll i'll give it a go but historical fiction that i wouldn't necessarily normally read Um, because it's set in 1617 uh, in uh, Norway in an island off of Norway Mm -hmm. Um, and it basically starts off with a massive storm that takes the lives of pretty much all of the men of of this island Um, and then the book is about the women of making making do and figuring out how to do things themselves uh one of the one of the women in particular um kind of appoints herself like a a a leader she's like the the male um equivalent she starts wearing trousers to go out and do the fishing and things like that um and then um some uh man is summoned to the island um to basically (laughs) rein all these women in and uh bring some sort of sense of normality back to the island so of course they need a man to do that Um, (laughs) the only other man they've got there is uh, the minister who seems like to be a bit of a wet lettuce right um but yeah there's plenty of strong women there um and yeah so it's basically about the different like friendships that are forged between these women and um, the man that comes uh, brings a young wife with him and she's I mean, she's new to him as well so she's kind of learning about him and his uh, sort of wants and where he's come from at the same time as these ladies from the island Um, And she's obviously from a very different background. She's from like a bit more of a a well-to-do background in Bergen. Um, So she's taken out of that, out of her sort of family home comforts and put on this uh, island in the, seemingly in the middle of nowhere really, um, and has to figure out what on earth is going on and who her alliances are going to be with. So this was definitely more of the kind of thing that I was expecting from the Book of Eve, like the sense of female empowerment and like forging those relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think that's probably what did it. I I 
it took me a little while to get into this one but no it didn't take 200 pages (laughs) i'm talking more like the first sort of 30 pages or so it took a little bit of time for me to like get warm up to it but once i was um in the sort of dual point of view um because we go between the um uh absalom the the bloke's wife um to the the girls from the island we go between those two so once i'd been introduced to those two different characters i think i i got where it was going to go and was fully invested in it from then um and it was very atmospheric like the setting i could i felt cold and wintry all the way through so it was really well done and i very much enjoyed that one Okay, I have it on my TBR shelf for this year. It's in my twenty three for twenty three. So oh, yeah. it was in mine as well. I got it. I got it out of the way early. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess in a way, not to give you another series, but I've got the next book in that series for you, which is right. the Witches of Vadu. Okay, <laughs> it's not a real series. It's written no. by Anya Bergman, but. Vardu, the same island, yeah. sixteen sixty two. So we're forty years later. The right. men have been. Yeah. They've built a fortress because <laughs> that's, so that's funny, what they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't plan this honestly, no. but when I when you sent me your list, I was like, oh, okay, right. Well, this yeah. is this is how this rolls. Um. So, uh, the men have built a fortress on Vardu, in which they are holding um women accused of witchcraft. Yeah, well, they had to. We 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 went to visit because one of the one of the women gets. I mean, that's kind of a spoiler. One of the women gets taken away. Right. Um, so yeah. Okay. Well, so next in the series, <laughs> um, the <laughs> this one is told also from two different perspectives that kind of merge a third halfway through the book. Okay. Um, and similarly, this took me a little while to get. I picked this up in January and put it back down because I just was like, it's it's a heavy hardback I didn't want to do it I was like I need something small and easy um but picked it back up and once I'd got into it I was like yeah I'm on board with this so we have the voice of Ingeborg who is a teenage girl lives in a little fishing village in Norway um her father and brother were both lost to a fishing storm thing so it's her her little sister and her mum it's it's so similar i mean it yeah. does feel like it's made from a little series um her mum zigri is um accused of witchcraft and sent to the island of vardu um the other voice that we have is anna who is a woman who also sent to vardu but in different circumstances she's the mistress of the king of denmark or was the mistress of the king of denmark and he's kind of sent her away and he gives her the task of um getting the witches in inverted commas to confess with the kind of promise that her name will be sorted fixed if she does yeah um so ingeborg obviously her mum's gone she wants to save her she sets off on this mission accompanied with by a girl called Marin who is um kind of wild a little bit um a little bit witchy she's the daughter of an infamous witch I keep doing I know you can't see me because we're on we're not on video but I'm like inverted commas witch she was a witch um so Marin is a little bit kind of wild and she kind of gives Ingeborg this courage to go no we're gonna fight for this we're gonna go to Vardu and we're gonna save save your mother and it's at that point that the stories intertwine. Okay. Um, it's based on real life witch trials, so it's not like yeah. it's necessarily spoilery. Although the characters aren't people who de- who were in that exact situation. Um, but I don't want to spoil the ending because the ending is great. It, the last like 50, 60 pages of it were like I just couldn't put it down. I was like, this is so good. It's like all the tension has built and then it all just releases all at once. And I was like, ah, this is amazing. Um, It's really well written. There's like folklore tales woven into the narrative. I think that's where Maren as a character was really interesting because she brought the kind of Norwegian folk tales. um, And um, there's also a character who is of the Sami people who are the indigenous, um, they're from... Norway, Finland, the kind of that North Scandinavia, um, 
and that was really interesting and really nice that that was represented because yeah from what we learn in the book they're obviously a culture which is kind of trodden upon by the religious zealots that show up um, yeah so yeah i thought it was really good again like you said that immersive feeling like i felt cold when they're like yeah. on the boats and it's it was just really really good um there's obviously sexual assault like violence towards women and all of those bad things so there's trigger warnings in it um but worth it for uh, i guess you have so much knowledge of like the salem witch trials if you're into into all of that kind of thing like i am i'd never heard of the the witch trials of vadu and it's really i want to read more about it there was a nice section at the back which was like notes and further reading so i'm gonna definitely dive into that um and I'm going to read The Mercies because obviously yeah. that feels like it's a similar vibe. So many parallels, yeah. A lot of the things yeah. that you've mentioned there, they 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 are included in The Mercies as well. Yeah. Um, and talking about the different like cultures and and whatnot. Yeah, it it, it sounds a very similar vibe. Um, yeah. And it sounds like they're both both really well done as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Cool. All right. Well. We are on to my last one, which is good because apparently my voice is deciding to give up now. Um, <laughs> but my last one is our only non-fiction this week, right? Yep. Quite often we have like a little memoir corner, but today this this is it. Um, <laughs> and it's a good one. It's a good one to finish on. So this is Strong Female Character by Fern Brady. Um, and if you've not come across Fern Brady, she's... A comedian, a Scottish comedian, and uh, she does lots of like panel shows, things, and Taskmaster is what I've come across her um, before. I didn't know, I didn't know like a massive amount about her, um, but this was suggested to me by Audible. Um, they thought that I might like it. I guess I had just listened to um, the. Uh, Killing my mum, the my mum's dead one. Killing my mum. Yeah. She didn't kill her mum. <laughs> I'm glad my mum's dead. So yeah. I'm glad my mum died. That's it. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble for that. Totally different book. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Um, but yes, so I just listened to that. So they obviously decided that I was in in a memoir corner, um, and. I loved this book. It was so good. Uh, read by Fern and it's funny, it's intelligent, it's, yeah, it, it was just, just full of amazing observations about a huge number of things. Main thing being that she has basically been on a lifetime quest to be diagnosed with autism she's Mm -hmm. what i guess what everyone would deem to be high high functioning uh neuro neurodiverse but was never (laughs) diagnosed until she was in her 30s -hmm. Um, and that's despite going through all sorts of uh like different educational establishments um and saying to doctors this is what i think i've got and being brushed off because she was able to look at people in the eye and sustain relationships um and this is the thing that i i think i think a lot of people now know that um it's harder generally it seems to be harder to diagnose girls with autism because they're better at hiding it they're better at masking yeah um so there was a lot about autism within the book and i felt like i learned loads about it um and about how Mm -hmm. it can present itself and what um autistic people will uh kind of strive for and how how they they function better and what they find difficult but there was so much more to it than just that um there's a a lot of uh talk about class struggles as well and um i think maybe that's one of the things that she she struggled with getting taken seriously by doctors as well and general misogyny like this young girl is telling me how to do my job like yeah 
there were there were quite a lot of instances like that she um did stripping to fund herself through university so there was a lot of stories that came out of that um it was just such an interesting listen i i went out and this was one of those books where i had to go and get a hard copy to have on my shelf so i went and got that straight away um but yeah it was like a six hour audio book so quite quite snappy listen and i absolutely devoured it loved it thought she wrote excellently very good memoir highly recommend cool um i listened to her on um a podcast that i listened to called the off menu podcast yes Um, she was on one of the latest episodes and she talked about the book so i was like yeah flag that's something that i'm gonna have to get but um i didn't realize that it was like so into the kind of autism side of things that's something which really interests me so i will definitely pick it up I'll probably yeah. listen to it because I think she's got a great voice as well. She, she does. Her voice just makes me smile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think this is the thing, like, because um, I'd seen after after I'd already listened to it, because I think I inadvertently ended up getting it on its release day and just started listening to it straight away. Like, I didn't, I, I hadn't seen it anywhere before. It just got shown to me. I was like, that sounds really interesting. So I'll have that. Um, but I don't know where I was going with this. <laughs> i've done that old lady thing that memory starting yeah (laughs) starting a point and then uh, it's been a long week already and it's only monday (laughs) yeah that's a shame isn't it (laughs) to summarize that's a a good no i found no i I found i I figured out what it was ah here we go um so i i read i read a few people's reviews because i think the the blog tour was going on basically this this last (laughs) few days before before recording this um so a lot of these people had had read it rather than listened to it um and we're saying that it's quite quite hard-hitting like she's been she's been through some stuff and yeah she has but i i think by listening to it her reading it added that extra amount of like levity uh, and yeah. so sort of, you could hear her very dry sense of humor and like quick-wittedness coming coming through so i think maybe that was enhanced by my listening experience so right. yeah with with this one i think it was probably better to listen to it as opposed to the earlier audiobook that i, I think i had a, a slightly lesser experience um, yeah. so it's interesting how how it can really affect how you almost how you interpret something um yeah i think especially if it's a memoir if you can get it read by the person that is literally telling the story, it adds that extra yeah. extra layer to it, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially so comedians, because I do think that they seem to... It's quite a tendency to talk about quite hard, dark subjects, yeah. but with a sense of humour. Yeah. And that doesn't always translate written down on the page. Yeah. So I think, especially with a, a comics memoir, I think probably I'd always go for the audiobook especially if it's read by them yeah. yeah yeah that's very true i think i found that with um billy Connolly's book maybe i mm-hmm. i listened to that and i think that was enhanced by that i haven't really listened to that many comics memoirs recently maybe i should listen to more yeah there you go. i don't know i don't know of any that i've got on my list no, I tend to had... like the miserable, depressing memoirs more than anything else. So. Yeah, I feel like you you had Bob Mortimer. That was one that you listened to, wasn't it? Is that right? Yes, that was great. Yeah, yeah, that, I'd recommend that. Was a that. while back. Yeah, um, that was the the only one that's like sprung to mind that we've talked about. But yeah, yeah, no, it was it was great. So that's a high note to finish on. Um, Cool. Yeah, there you go. All the girl power. Absolutely. And talking of girl power, my <laughs> little girl dog is starting to get gobby. It's getting towards her tea time. So time to wrap time it up. To, yes, time to time to get gone. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We will be uh, back in a couple of weeks with our features read, Demon Copperhead, which I'm yes. really enjoying so far. Yeah, me too. Me too. So I'm sure we'll have lots of things to say about that. 
and yeah, we'll talk at you later. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to Two Girls One Book podcast. If you like what you heard, we would love for you to like, follow, rate, subscribe. In fact, just all all that good stuff, please, would be fantastic. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Girls One Book Pod. So come and follow us over there as well. Happy reading and join us next time.